that is what I see as our advantage. I mean, for crying out loud, they were talking about $500 plus per user for acquisition rights. And I mean, that's, to us, that's, that's insane. I mean, that's not, a, that's not a sustainable model in our opinion. Hey, this is Jesse here, and thanks for checking out episode 22 of the Betting Startups podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by John and Grady from Legacy Fantasy Sports, which is a fantasy sports platform that includes both current and historical legacy athletes. In this episode, they share how a father-son debate about sports helped spark the idea for incorporating retired athletes into a modern fantasy sports game that can be played by players of all ages. They also share the stories of how they got four-time pro bowler Herman Moore involved as a co-founder and how they got ex-Oklahoma Sooners football coach Bob Stoops involved as an advisor and investor. I had a lot of fun with this episode, and I hope you enjoy it. As always, if you have a suggestion for a future guest, let us know by DM on Twitter, at Betting Startups. Now, on to the show. All right, we are back, and we're on to episode 22 of the Betting Startups podcast. And for this one, I'm joined by John and Grady from Legacy Fantasy Sports. Guys, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having us, Jesse. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Legacy Fantasy Sports is doing something quite different, so I'm looking forward to diving into it today. Uh, before we get into Legacy, though, guys, maybe you can introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about your backgrounds, maybe the major chapters of your careers up until the co-founding of Legacy Fantasy Sports. And Grady, maybe we can start with you. Sure. Actually, I'm uh, Jesse. I'm an attorney. I've been an attorney for 25 years now. It's kind of funny. I'm actually the old guy in the uh, courthouse now, basically, which is kind of funny. But I've been practicing for 25 years mostly litigation work and kind of stumbled upon this stuff from my analytical side, right? Because that's kind of an occupational hazard for attorneys. Pretty much everything that we do, we always analyze, overanalyze. My wife's telling me that all the time. She's like, you know, just stop analyzing me. So that's kind of my, um, my background is, is basically an attorney. And then, you know, shockingly enough, I'm an attorney as well. Actually, Grady and I met probably, God, it's going on about 30 years ago now through attorney friends. Myself, though, you know, I, I've taken kind of a entrepreneurial route. I practiced law for a very short time. And then my family, we were lucky enough. I had a father, unfortunately, that became ill and we owned a family business of all things in Michigan, which you would never believe, which was a salsa company, all natural salsa, which we grew to be the largest manufacturer of all natural salsa, hummus, dips, tortilla chips in North America. And I was lucky enough to be, become the CEO of that business. And we exited that in 2015. We sold the company to the Campbell Soup Company. And since then, I've been consulting and, you know, delving into a lot of entrepreneurial ventures. And then when Grady had this brilliant idea of kind of using, you know, historic or what we'll call retired, legacy retired players in fantasy sports, you know, he and I talked and chatted for you know, like any great idea, you know, a couple of uh, cocktails and, and talked about if we could turn this into a viable business, taking it from kind of a concept to actual real thing. And, you know, here we are, we've done that. Awesome. Well, appreciate the backstories guys and John, uh, it's lunchtime where I am right now. So I'm getting a little bit hungry hearing you talk about your former business there with the hummus and the salsa. So I'm going <laughs> to fix a snack after this. Um, right. But let's talk a little bit about legacy fantasy sports and just maybe the origin of it, right? Before we get into sort of the, the mechanics of it and the deep dive, can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, when you started it, why you started it and just high concept, what is the overall model that makes your fantasy sports product a little bit differentiated from some of the incumbents that are out there? Sure. Actually, it started pretty much, I would imagine, like every household starts with their, their father and their sons arguing about who's the best athlete in any given store, right? My dad was always, you know, I called him old school. I guess I'm probably old school now with some of the 
some of the fans, but he would always argue stuff like, you know, Bob Feller was the best pitcher and Sandy Koufax and, and these guys. And I'd say, dad, come on, Nolan Ryan throws 104 miles an hour. Let's, let's get real here. So we'd argue about those kinds of things all the time. And, and it got to a point where, you know, I started getting a little bit older and during the time that Barry Sanders was, was in his prime, I was actually in college and I would argue with my dad all the time. Listen, dad, Barry Sanders is the best football player that ever lived. And he'd say, oh, you know, Jim Brown is the best. I, there's no, there's no question. I'm, I'm like, dad, listen, Jim Brown had linemen that were my size and I'm five, eight and 190 pounds. Right. <laughs> so I said, there's no question. You're, you're talking about guys who are 250 pounds chasing Barry Sanders down running a four five forty. you know, this, it's not nowhere comparable. So obviously when I'm in law school and I'm again, the analytical side of me comes out and I'm like, there's got to wait, be a way that I can prove this right. You know? So that started the kind of the genesis of it, I, you know, back and forth for a while, but then really things hit pretty seriously when DraftKings and FanDuel came out with the daily fantasy stuff. And so this was about 2012, 2013. I started really thinking about, okay, how can I, how can I prove this model out? And I thought about the best way of doing it would be to use statistics. So we, we took the play-by-play statistics from individual uh, plays, not games, because what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to be in a situation where after about four or five plays, uh, you know, that the user could figure out, okay, well, this is from this game. So I know exactly how many points I'm going to have for this game. Right. So we used the catalog of their plays from their whole career and they just, we randomly pull it. I don't want to say randomly, because we have a formula that we do that by, but we pull the, the plays with an algorithm and create a whole game because out of it. The game isn't a, it's not an instantaneous game, Jesse. It's actually a game that, that lasts as long as a normal football game. So anywhere between two, two hours and 45 minutes to three hours and 15 minutes. And I, I reached out to a company called Stats LLC. They're the official stat keeper for all of our major pro sports. And John and I started a dialogue with them, kind of trying to figure out how we could use the play-by-play data. At that same time, I was talking with John about okay, how do we figure out how to make this into a business, right? I'm an entrepreneur myself, but I'm not quite the entrepreneur that John is. I'm not the salsa king of Michigan. <laughs> okay. So, so he, he kind of pulled the, uh, the whole business model together for us. And we've been off and running ever since, basically. Awesome. But I want to take a bit of a deeper dive into this model, guys. Because, yeah, I mean, you just touched upon it, Grady, with the way you're pulling the historical play-by-play stats and then essentially creating a real-time game out of it. Can you talk a little bit more about just this process of how you pull out these historical play-by-play stats and sort of how you're putting together the mechanics from the user's perspective, right? If I'm a user loading up a legacy fantasy sports matchup for an afternoon, how does that sort of look with these different players across different times and eras and potentially even different sports and leagues? So think about what companies... Uh, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, and any of the other sports betting or gambling or fantasy platforms that are out there, they're all reliant on live sporting events, right? That That's the one the one constant among all the different, different companies that are out there right now. So when we set out to do this, quite frankly, we had actually thought about actually starting in going down that road as well, the sports betting and gaming side as well. And then we quickly realized, you know, we can pivot based on what we're doing and how we're doing this. And it just happened to be, you know, the, the pandemic and everything was sports being shut down and they're not being live sporting events. It kind of, kind of sheer happenstance that it happened for us. 
So what actually what we're able to do is we're actually the only platform out there based on the logarithms and the, and the IP that we currently have. We do have three patents that are pending. Um, the main patent, and I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it, and, and we can dive deeper into it if, you, if sure. you'd like. But essentially what it does is we're, we're able to extract the historical play-by-play -play data. So take Herman Moore, who's a partner of ours, ex-Lions White, all pro-wide receiver. Let's say Herman has 5,000 career plays in his catalog. We'll go in and randomly extract historical play-by-play -play data, individual plays, not a game like Grady said, and input that into a daily fantasy game, right? We are able to create a real-time game on demand. So when there's other sporting events that are not live, NFL, I'll give you the NFL, for example. Currently, if you want to play or you want to monetize in, in either in daily fantasy sports or in the sports or gaming market, there's 77 days of games in the NFL, right? So that theoretically means what there's, my math might be off a little bit. So 200 and what, 80 something or 290 days a year that there's nothing going on. On our platform, we can create and have live contests on those days, utilizing legacy players. And then going back to that patent, not only does the play randomly extract the individual play-by-play -play statistic from a player's historical catalog of plays, it'll also bring a player back to his historical mean, meaning that the better the player is or the worse the player is, so to speak, you, by you drafting your lineup or picking those players, you're actually going to continue to bring a player back to his historical mean. So a Barry Sanders is going to be better than, gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to, dog on any, any, any single wide re or uh, running back in, in historical play, but Barry's one of the greatest of all time. So by, by drafting Barry, you know, that Barry's going to play out and be one of your better running backs, right? Obviously that you could, you could draft and utilize in your platform. And here's the key to it. The real key to it is essentially on our platform, you have the ability to play the game three different ways, right? And I'll use NFL as the example is 17 weeks during the NFL season. You can play 17 weeks on our platform for free and play live games, just like you can technically on DraftKings, FanDuel. You pick your lineup of live players or current players and, you know, it scores based on, you know, however their, whatever their performance is in their individual games, you get points based on that. However, you can also play what we would call a hybrid contest where you have a live lineup based on live games and you can supplement your lineup with legacy or retired players. So you could have Matt Stafford as your quarterback playing for the Rams and playing, maybe they're playing Tampa Bay this weekend. And you can also say, you know something? I don't think Calvin Johnson got enough time playing with Stafford and, and insert Calvin Johnson as one of your wide receivers. You could have Barry Sanders as your running back. Then you could go back and say, okay, Cooper Cup's going to be my wide receiver in the live game. So you can build up with the hybrid lineup and then the secret sauce, which what our IP and our patents allow us to do is that legacy game then where you can do the full legacy game. And that's the game that you can play and create, whether it's through a league or whether you just want to go head to head with one of your buddies, 24, seven, 365 days a year. So at midnight tonight, you and I, Jesse, we could pick a lineup or draft a lineup and, and go head to head tonight with uh, historical legacy players. And actually the beauty of that is even not only can we use historical legacy players, but on our platform, live players who are not currently in season. So because the NFL isn't in season right now, they're all available. So if you want to use Tom Brady, 
You want to use, uh, again, you want to use Matt Stafford. You want to use OBJ. You want to use any of the live players currently during that offseason. They're all historical players for that short, or not actually for that long period of time that you can play on Legacy. But you guys definitely have a unique concept here. I haven't seen anything like this attempted before. And this integration of, I guess, Legacy players is, is definitely a novel concept. What's your guys' assessment overall of the fantasy landscape and Grady you mentioned a few minutes ago you know it's been eight or ten years since DraftKings and, and FanDuel really came in and really sort of drove the concept of daily fantasy into sort of the mainstream consciousness of sports fans but you know here we are sort of eight ten years later daily fantasy sports is quite mature at this stage obviously sports betting has come in and really taken a lot of the the spotlight away from DFS you guys are coming in with a, a unique spin on that fantasy sports model. I'm just trying to get a sense of, as you guys are coming into the landscape, what is your current assessment of it overall right now? It's funny you said that because I just went to the SPC conference in December. And um, to me, it was eye-opening because you had some of these titans in, in this space and they were openly admitting that they were, they were stealing each other's users, right? I mean, it's, it's, and the whole reason for that is because there's only so much time that they can capitalize on the usership and John had, had touched on it. There's only so many game live games that you can use for your platform. Right. So, you know, I think that, that that's something that obviously has been driving the, the driving force behind all of these entities, you know, stepping into what I would say is the traditional gaming realm, you know, online gambling stuff, right. Enforcing the legislation to, to uh, you know, be front and center with all of this because most of these states never had that legislation until you saw, you know, the DraftKings, the FanDuel's really push and lobby to have that in each and every, each and every state. So, you know, that's kind of where I see the, the, the landscape going for the traditional fantasy sports. You know, one thing that, as John said, we're not tethered to that, that live aspect of contest. So, you know, we are in a position, I think that um, we can take advantage of you know, the traditional demographic of the sports batters who really are still fans of, of sports in general, but also because we're a subscription model, we're not gambling. So we're not subject to the licensing requirements of each state, right? We can actually enter every single state that you have users in, right? Which is, which is all 50. And on top of that, we're also not tethered by the, the age obligations of, of uh, gambling, of being 18 or, or older in some states and 21 and others. So. You know, that, that is what I see as our advantage of this particular space is not being tethered a, to the live games and also not fighting for that acquisition. I mean, for crying out loud, they were talking about $500 plus per user for acquisition rights. And I mean, that's, to us, that's, that's insane. I mean, that's not, a, that's not a sustainable model in our opinion because you have so many, so many big companies that are in this space to try and drive that, you know, the finite number, finite amount of users that are available. I think you're, you're going to see probably in the next three to four years, what I call the herd thinning out, right? You're only going to have the MGMs, the ones that are, that have the, the brick and mortar to, to support their gaming system, but are also venturing into the yeah, line betting and stuff like that. That's kind of where I see the, the landscape going at this point. And if I could piggyback on that a little bit too, you know, we, we look at this, Jesse, we look at it that. We've created an, essentially created a platform and ecosystem here that not only is it applicable to the B2C, right? But we've created something that's that's pretty applicable to the B2B, the way we're doing it too with the subscription model, because we can engage 
companies through competitions and different things that they can do. And again, you know, at the end of the day, Grady kind of touched on it, that that user acquisition cost with us being, let, let just take the sheer numbers of people that are playing fantasy sports, you know, it's anywhere from what, let's say 60 million to 70 million in North America. And then when you, now when you factor in, let you know, the next sport that we're going to be launching is cricket. And when you look at India and you look at the numbers that India just put out in January, India just moved past hundred million fantasy cricket users in India. And then you extrapolate the data more out from India, 72% of all fantasy players in India play for fun and enjoyment, not because they're betting. It ties directly into a subscription-based model. And then you add in the fact in the United States alone, there's between the, uh, between the ages of 12 and 17, there's another 26 million kids between the ages of 12 and 17 that aren't eligible or legally can't play on FanDuel or DraftKings or even sign up. So there's a huge, huge, huge market out there that, that technically has been untapped and technically nobody's gone after. John, a few minutes ago, you mentioned uh, you guys have a third co-founder in addition to the two of you, which happens to be a four-time Pro Bowler and Detroit Lions legend Herman Moore. I have to ask, what's the story behind how you got Herman Moore involved as a co-founder and a partner in the business? Yeah, it's a, Justin, it's a crazy story. So I was actually, I'm, I'm still involved in another project, totally unrelated sports. And one of the, one of the guys that was in, in that project was sitting around, we were talking and, and I told him I was involved in this fantasy sports project. And he's like, hey, you know, I got a bunny that I know that, that might be interesting. Like, okay, well, who is it? So this thing's Herman. He's like, he used to play for the Lions. And I said, Herman Moore? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Moore. And, and if you know this guy, Jesse, I mean, he's the most, he's a really nice guy, but totally unassuming, right? I mean, you would never expect him to be somebody who's running in the same kinds of circles as Herman Moore would be running in, right? And, and I just envisioned this guy being somebody who, like back in 1994, 95, was standing outside the Silverdome waiting for Herman's autograph or something, right? And then Herman walked by and said, hey, kid, you know, if you ever need him, you just give me a call. <laughs> and, but, but sure enough, literally, he calls calls me tw back 20 minutes later and says, hey, Herman wants to sit down with you. He wants to sit down at 6 o'clock, but he's got a hard out at 6.30. And I'm, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? And I said, yeah, I'll sit down with him. So I go over to Herman's office and sit down. We talk. Literally, it's two and a half hours that go by. And, and I said, Herman, I thought you had to leave at 6.30. He's like, yeah, man, I tell you what. He goes, I tell everybody that. He goes, <laughs> I just wanted to, I wanted to be able to get out of here if I didn't, if I didn't like birds. So that's kind of the, that's the genesis of, of media. Herman. Herman's obviously, you know, a, a great athlete, but he's, a, he's every bit the businessman and he saw the, the potential in this and, and very tech savvy when it comes to this kind of, I mean, I, he's telling me stuff was, we're sitting in the meeting. I'm like, okay, I really don't understand what you're saying, but, um, sounds good to me. So that's the story of, of actually meeting Herman. That's awesome. And to piggyback off of that one, you also have a couple notable investors and advisors, uh, most notably former University of Oklahoma football head coach, Bob Stoops, as well as the Cleveland Cavaliers owner, Gary Gilbert. Um, same question. How did you guys cross paths with those legends and how do you get them involved with the project? So, so those, those two came in technically through me. So I've been blessed and fortunate enough in my career. I serve on the National Board of the Salvation Army, and that's actually how we were able to meet our development partner, one of our partners in the company, Brad McMullen. Brad is a, a consummate, huge, huge, huge Oklahoma Sooners fan. And so he had a relationship with Coach Soups, and he brought it up. Just He was actually producing. He, he, 
actually developed an app for Coach Stoops and then was producing a weekly show on uh, for a podcast for him. And he was talking to Coach Stoops about the project. And Coach Stoops was like, you know something? I'm really interested in that. So Coach Stoops loved the fact that it was family-friendly. It was something that he could pitch. You know, the kids could play and that he could pitch. And obviously his love for football, obviously, that I think that's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. So he he didn't hesitate. He jumped right in. And, uh, you know, we've got some exciting things going on here in the next couple of weeks with Coach Stoops. He's going to be launching some uh, some social media campaigns and stuff around the app and around Legacy Fantasy Sports to get it out there and kind of kind of use his uh, celebrity and, and and football knowledge to kind of get it out there. And then even even Gary Gilbert, that's an, that's that's kind of uh, um, you know it's funny how these things evolve. So Gary, we have another partner, Todd Wagenberg, who who happens to be my my money manager. But growing up, Todd's best friend, and we're all from, uh, this group of guys, we're all from Detroit, and the Gilberts obviously are from Detroit. Gary's brother is Dan Gilbert, who's the 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 majority owner of the Cavaliers and Quicken Loans, started Quicken Loans. And Gary's one of the founders of Quicken and owners of the Cavaliers as well. But he and Todd are childhood friends and, and still best friends. And Todd brought it to him and Gary was like, you know, something that sounds really cool. He's got younger younger school aged kids. And he's always looking for something that's exciting. And with, you know, having a background in sports and entertainment, Gary's actually a Hollywood movie producer. So Gary jumped on board, uh, as well. So we've been very fortunate with, uh, those people that we've made partnerships with so far. Well, that's awesome. And definitely validating of the model and the concept you have by virtue of getting names like that on board with the project. So yeah, really, really awesome stuff, guys. Um, you know, we're nearing the midpoint of 2022. And as you're looking ahead to the second half of the year, what are some of the major milestones you guys are focused on achieving with the product and the business this year? So April 12th was a te technically our official launch date. We haven't, I'll say this, we haven't gone full bore yet in terms of putting all of our resources behind the marketing and whatnot. We're kind of still navigating that space and want to make sure that we're doing the right thing and, and going to the right markets. But I think, you know, the biggest thing is going to be is really focusing on user acquisition. And then I think obviously the user experience, we want to make sure that the user experience and everything on the app, because it's such a novel and innovative concept, right? It's new, it's new to the consumer. So it's kind of, we can, to a certain degree, we're teaching them something new and kind of how to navigate between using that live player and then using the legacy players as well. So it's really just honing in on that and, and, and locking all that in and making sure that's a top-notch experience for anybody that's using it. And then I think I already hit on the next big thing, which would be the next two to four weeks. Really, we want to, you know, that last sport, um, at least for the short, the time being here, it's going to be cricket and then it's going to be soccer that we launch next. But really just taking advantage of those markets that are hot and, and then just getting the name out there, you know, starting starting to just, you know, do the things that, that you know, we don't want to necessarily recreate the wheel. You know, some guys have come before us and you can learn a lot from that, but in the same token, with us being as innovative and new and novel as we are, um, we think there's some very exciting things that we're gonna be able to do with, with some strategic partners that we're currently working with as well. Exciting, well, looking forward to seeing what's coming down the pipe uh, the rest of the year ahead here. And my standard closing question to you guys, for each of you, if you weren't working in sports technology or fantasy, or you weren't back in law in a parallel universe, uh, I should mention as well, sorry, John, if you weren't working in the salsa or hummus business again, <laughs> in, in a parallel universe outside of any of those things, what would you guys be doing instead? I, yeah, two things. I, I joke, I always joke with um, one of my old managing partners because he actually owned a Dairy Queen. 
And I said, oh, that's not a bad business, man. <laughs> you know, so that, or, or maybe possibly a tiki bar over on a beach. All right. There we go. <laughs> I think that's, the, I think that's the, that's everybody's dream probably. So for me. Oh, then my God, that's a, that it's funny. It's such a, it's such an easy question, but it's actually not that easy to answer in the sense, you know, and to a certain degree, I guess I could say that I've been fortunate enough to do it. So I actually, I actually coach girls varsity basketball here at the high school that my girls go to. And I, you know, just being a chauffeur to my girls is kind of, I kind of enjoy that, you know, something, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's kind of exciting. I just want to add Jesse that all the coaches in Michigan don't have to worry about him pushing any records. Okay. He's not going to be pushing <laughs> <the> last place <laughs> as far as his records are concerned. <laughs> this guy sends me a thing of the winningest woman's basketball coach for girls varsity in Michigan. It was like seven on or eight on her wins. I told him I, there's zero chance I have that much lifetimes in me to even come close to Well, I wasn't going to ask the season record to date, but I think Grady just let it slip there. But uh... <laughs> no, we're seven, we're seven and 12. I'm going to get that in there. There we go. Awesome. Guys, look, I've really enjoyed learning more about legacy fantasy sports today and, and meeting you both and hearing more about your journeys. Um, for folks listening that might want to learn more about the product, maybe try it out or get in touch with you, how would you suggest they go about doing that? Sure. We, we, um, are on both, uh, the Apple app store and Google, uh, play. So you can download to get the app on either one of those platforms. And we also have a uh, website, which is legacyfantasysports.com. So you can go to that and, and, uh, download it from a QR code up there. Excellent guys. Thanks so much for coming on today. Wishing you all the best for the year ahead. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye on legacy fantasy sports. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us, Jesse. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jesse, for giving us the opportunity.